0: regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. hope you had a great weekend. I felt so super productive this weekend. I, I, and it, you know what? When you do have a productive weekend, you're not just laying around on the couch. I don't know about you. I always feel a little bit better heading into a Monday. Glad that you're with us. We're going to be talking about the uh, protest in Denver, Colorado. Not the protest. The civil disobedience. The uh, uh, a call for Colorado Governor Jared Polis to issue an executive action banning all gun sales in the state of Colorado. And not only that, but telling every legal gun owner in the state, all right, it's time to hand them over. We're holding a a, a gun buyback, a mandatory buyback, a compensated confiscation program, and you're going to have to hand over your guns. That's what um, Sarah Rao with Here for the Kids is was hoping to achieve and is hoping to achieve with this sit-in. At the Colorado State Capitol, we're going to get to that in just a moment. But before we do, I know you guys have definitely noticed the U.S. dollar continues to buy less, right? Last year, the average IRA and 401k balance fell by more than 20%. If we've learned anything from the past few years, it's that anything can and will happen. Well, here's something that may help. A gold IRA. Gold may be a great option for you. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. Many central banks are buying tons right now. So, what does that tell you? Augusta Precious Metals is a gold IRA company that offers its customers the opportunity to invest in gold. You can call Augusta Precious Metals and learn how Gold IRA can help you. If you saved $100,000 or more for retirement, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their free ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them you heard it here on our show, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Contact Augusta Precious Metals and diversify your retirement today. Call 855-222-4997. That's 855-222-4997. Again, Augusta Precious Metals at 855-222-4997. So we've been talking about this for the past few weeks. Sarah Rao, this uh, far-left progressive, failed uh, congressional candidate in Colorado, who moved to Virginia, by the way, to be safer even though Virginia has better gun laws than Colorado, <laughs> how about that? Right. Anyway, she's uh, back in the state of Colorado today, and I guess a couple of days this week for a what she promised was this big sit-in, a uh, an act of mass civil disobedience. She compared this to the march, the Selma march in the nineteen sixties. This was going to be the moment, she said, when uh, scores of uh, white women. She she really wants to enlist the help of uh, white suburban women to uh, to to pass gun control, not even gun control, to pass a not even pass to force Governor Polis to impose a ban on the sale of firearms, as well, again, as a ban on the ownership of all firearms. And today is the day that history was supposed to be made. She predicted there would be tens of thousands of individuals at the uh, Colorado State Capitol in Denver this morning, starting at 5 a.m., again, as they uh, showed up in mass to demand an end to our right to keep and bear arms. Well, the crowds that uh, Sarah Rao were promising didn't exactly materialize this morning. I mean, there are some people there. Uh, you can see this from a white girl learning on Twitter. Uh, you know, there there, there are some people out of the Colorado State Capitol. Uh, a few hundred, maybe, uh, as of Monday morning. And maybe more will show up as the day goes on. But, uh, you know, just taking a look at these pictures, I mean, this is not exactly an overwhelming show of force here on the part of the gun prohibitionists, is it? Uh, A lot of green space is there. You can see a lot of lawn on the uh, Capitol grounds. Now, I will tell you, if you want to know what tens of thousands of people showing up for um, a rally or a protest about the right to keep arms looks like, well... I took this picture in January of 2020 on the grounds of the Virginia State Capitol in Richmond. This was a pro Second Amendment rally. This was the uh, lobby day hosted by the Virginia Citizens Defense League. I was a speaker there that year. It was so bitterly cold. I couldn't feel my feet when I took this picture. I mean, it was so bleeping cold, single digit temperatures. And yet, there were, I've seen on the small size, uh, small side of the crowd estimates, 20,000 people. I've heard people say as much as 50,000 people. I can tell you that not only was basically every square inch of the uh, uh, part of the Capitol grounds that was open to the public, packed with gun owners. But the downtown area itself was just wall to wall with Second Amendment supporters, most of whom were from Virginia. But there were some folks from out of state. And the reason why they showed up in January of 2020 is because Democrats had just taken complete control of the state legislature. They had an anti-gun governor. And one of the first things that they did after winning the elections in November of 2019 was to propose a ban not only on the sale of so-called assault weapons, but the continued ownership of modern sporting rifles as well. Again, very similar to what Sarah Rao is calling for uh, and these uh, anti-gun prohibitionists are calling for in Colorado. And this was the response from gun owners. Again, on a bitterly cold January day, they thronged the state capitol in Virginia. By the way, that bill ended up dying in committee. Governor Northam's proposal went nowhere. Um although Democrats in Virginia are still talking about a gun ban. As a matter of fact, one of the Democrats who voted against the ban in 2020, Senator Craig Deeds, proposed a gun ban of his own this past session. Uh thankfully again, because of the uh memories of gun owners and the turnout in the 2021 elections, Democrats don't have complete control. Of the Virginia legislature anymore. They also don't occupy the governor's mansion in Virginia anymore, nor are they in charge of the attorney general's office in Virginia, although we do have our elections coming up this fall. We'll be talking about that as we get closer to Election Day in November because the gun ban plans are still very much afoot uh, on the left. But again, that's what a crowd of twenty five, thirty thousand 30,000 people looks like, not this. And I know. Those pictures are relatively early. Again, the uh, 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 sit-in kicked off at 5 a.m. But honestly, that's when you'd expect your hardcore supporters to be there—is right at the get-go, right? I mean, it—I'm it, I, I, almost positive that in Denver today, there're gonna be some folks that'll stop by the state capitol for an hour. They'll way to go. We're we're with you in spirit, and they'll go and they'll grab lunch somewhere else. That 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 that'll happen. But again. This was supposed to be history being made. And so those folks who were there from the get-go, those are the hardcores, right? That that th- Those are the people who are showing up rain or shine because they are firmly committed to an end to gun ownership in this country. And there just weren't that many of them. Not considering the uh, expectations that Sarah Rao had set, Or, again, uh, crowds of tens of thousands of people on hand in Denver. Governor Polis, by the way, already said, I'm not signing this executive order. This would be flagrantly unconstitutional. It's not going to happen. Said, listen, I'm with you in spirit. And, you know, his uh, press office sent out, you know, a statement talking about all the gun control bills that the governor has signed this year. But uh, we're not going to sign that executive action. So the uh, protesters I think they are going to leave disappointed. By the way, they're also not going to stick around until uh, Governor Polis signs his uh, – the executive order that they're asking him to, as Rao had said they would. Uh, as we reported last week, now the protest slash sit-in is expected to take place from 5 a.m. today until 8 p.m. tonight. And then everybody gets to go home. And then I guess they're supposed to come back tomorrow and do it again for about 12 hours and then go home and then do it again on Wednesday for about 12 hours and then go home and sleep in their own beds. Um yeah, there 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 was already some goalpost moving before this event actually kicked off. But I'm very curious to see what Sarah Rao has to say. Listen, I actually I'm not because I know the media is going to declare this to be a success regardless of how many or how few people show up, regardless of the fact that uh, the Governor Polis is uh, not going to sign this executive action, right? They will do their best to uh, to pump up this event. To make it seem like, wow, this really was, you know, something special and remarkable and truly a game-changing moment. I don't think it is. But I do think that we're, more, we're likely to see more of these types of uh, calls for outright prohibition and outright repeal of the Second Amendment, particularly after 2024. I, I think that the gun control movement is inching in that direction. You know, the Heller decision, McDonald and now Bruin last year, uh, explicitly in Bruin, you know, we had the court say, we're not talking about a second class right. We're talking about a right that's just as important as your freedom of speech, as your right to worship as you see fit, as your right to be secure in your person and property, your right to keep and bear arms in self defense. Is just as fundamentally sacrosanct as all of those other rights. Now, the Anti Left obviously doesn't agree with that. Right now, in addition to trying to enact as many uh, gun bans as possible around the country at the state level, the uh, primary motivating uh, uh, idea for the left is to pack the Supreme Court, right? To take over uh, next November uh, both chambers of Congress. Uh, keep Joe Biden or whoever the Democratic candidate is in the White House and to pack the court, not only to uh, overturn Heller and McDonald and Bruin, but also to overturn or, or to bring back uh, Roe v. Wade and to, uh, uh, again, find a, a right to an abortion and a a number of what, a, a emanation of a penumbra. I can't. Remember. They want to they want to bring this back. And they want to get rid of our right to keep and bear arms. And packing the court right now, I think, again, is their first priority. But if they can't do that, if they fail to uh, secure gains in the Senate, if they fail to take back the House, if uh, Joe Biden does not occupy the White House in 2025, then I think you're going to start hearing the calls for outright repeal to grow louder. I don't think it's going to happen overnight. But I think that you will see a shift in the gun control movement because there aren't going to be many options left for the gun control movement. For decades, the anti-gunners have been trying to take as many bites out of our right to keep and bear arms as they can. You go back to the 1960s, the big gun control group was Handgun Control Incorporated. And the idea was we're going to ban handguns. Well, that didn't work. They got Washington, D.C. to pass a gun ban. They got Chicago to pass a gun ban. They failed uh, in 1976 to establish a ban on handguns uh, in the state of Massachusetts. Voters actually voted that down in 1976. Um, And then Heller took that idea completely off the table. Handguns are protected by the Second Amendment. You can't ban them outright, as Washington, D.C. did. Chicago's handgun ban disappeared a couple of years later in 2010 in the McDonald case. Gun control advocates have been trying to ban modern sporting rifles, so-called assault weapons, uh, which are about 25 million in this country. Not an uh, insubstantial number, but not nearly as uh, large as the number of handguns. So honestly, over the decades, the gun control movement has lost ground. I know it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't feel like that at times. But when you look at what they were demanding in the nineteen sixties versus what they are demanding now, their pathway has actually become more narrow, and Bruin has completely foreclosed the types of prohibitionist policies that they want to put in place. so the Supreme Court remains at nine justices, and the uh majority that believes correctly that our right to keep and bear arms is. Of fundamental importance remains in place, gun control groups really aren't going to have anywhere else to go other than to actually start backing a campaign to repeal the Second Amendment. Now, again, the votes aren't there. And if Republicans, uh, you know, uh, thwart their court packing plans in the 2020 elections, well... <laughs> Democrats aren't going to get a repeal of the Second Amendment through Congress, much less a majority of the states, three quarters of the states, which would be necessary to repeal the right to keep and bear arms. But they're going to have to do something to keep their anti-gun base motivated. And as the courts take more and more of their uh, policies off the table, they're going to have to go somewhere. And I think, again, we're likely to see more calls for outright repeal of the Second Amendment going forward. Uh, unless that is, Democrats are able to pack the court next year during the uh, 2024 elections. All right. Let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a, a case out of Tennessee, Madison, Tennessee, where a, a church usher ended up being assaulted on his way into the sanctuary over the weekend. As uh, WSMV in Nashville reports, 72-year-old man had just parked his car at the Cornerstone Church. It was about 6.45 in the morning. He's headed inside the sanctuary. When he's walking towards the church, police said a stranger ran up to him without saying a word, hit him in the head with a handgun. He suffered a a laceration to his uh, ear. Usher though, was able to wrestle the gun away from his attacker and threw it into his car. By the way, the 72-year-old usher, going up against the uh, 23-year-old suspect here, a male witness called 911, and the attacker, identified as a D'Angelo Lavender, approached the witness and grabbed the phone from his hand and then attempted to run. Another man then intervened, and those two physically restrained Lavender on the grass until officers arrived. Police said that the car Lavender used to drive to the church had been stolen from a driveway earlier that morning. And as it turns out, Lavender, already on probation for aggravated assault, a conviction back in 2020. Right now he's being held without bond on a new assault charge, as well as unlawful gun possession, vehicle theft, vandalism, as well as possession of drugs. Don't know uh, what Mr. Lavender's motivation was in attacking the uh, church usher, but uh, do know that he probably should not have been out of the streets, given the uh, previous aggravated assault charge just a few years ago at the tender age of, well, he's just 23 now, so 20 years old. Today's Armed Citizens story from uh, Towns County, Georgia, where a woman came home the other day to find a stranger in her home. Not only a stranger in her home, but a stranger wearing her husband's clothes. Yeah. The Towns County Sheriff's Office reported this uh, just a couple days ago. But the incident actually happened back on May the 20th. They got a call that afternoon and found that someone had broken into several cars in the area. And then another call came in a short time later reporting that a homeowner was holding somebody at gunpoint. Uh, According to police, the woman found Hunter Chase Adams at her front door when she arrived home, and she was wearing, uh, he was wearing, her husband's clothing. Thankfully, she had a gun, and she ended up holding Adams until deputies arrived. A a second man, Travis Richard Foskey, arrested a a short while and a short distance later. Uh, Both have been charged with one count of felony burglary, as well as more than 20 counts of felony entering an automobile. The uh, armed citizen was able to protect herself from the home intruder and hold him until police arrived, uh, not facing any charges, and thankfully, completely unharmed in the encounter. Finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing in New Jersey, two good Samaritans saving a family from a house fire. This was in uh, South Brunswick Township. Authorities got a a 911 call last Wednesday about 5.30 in the morning When they arrived, they found the garage door, or excuse me, the the garage itself uh, completely in flames. The family had already escaped the home. And when authorities talked to them, they said that they'd been sleeping when they heard banging on the front door in their bedroom windows. When they went to the door, they saw their 85-year-old neighbor, Santo Livio, along with another woman who's yet to be identified, uh, warning them of the fire. So the family was able to get out of the house uninjured. Livio stated uh, he has long been an early riser, first for work, uh, and now in retirement. He said about 5:30 in the morning, he looked out his front door to see if any animals were in his yard. I've done that too when you get up early. You know, it's it's a nice peaceful time of day. Maybe the squirrels are out there. Maybe the uh, woodchucks. Anyway, he looks out his front door and he noticed puffs of smoke. Said he thought it was fog at first over the garage, but uh, he stepped out and then he saw a woman walking down the street. He asked the woman if she saw smoke, and she said, "Yep." And so that's when they rushed over started banging on the uh, doors and windows. Livio said the family later came to his home to thank him for alerting them of the fire. Uh, Chief Raymond Heducca said, I credit Mr. Livio, along with the unidentified woman and their quick thinking and heroic actions with saving the family. So again, in the right place, at the right time, willing to do the right thing. Santo Livio, as well as this unidentified Good Samaritan, uh, helping a family escape this uh, terrible fire. And thankfully, um, authorities alerted early enough that it sounds like the damage contained to the garage and uh, the home not a total loss. So not only a lifesaver, but a property saver as well. Santa Olivia, we thank you for your very good deed. All right. That is almost all the time we've got for you here on this edition of and Arms Cam and Company. I do want to let you know that what we've got coming up on tomorrow's program. Uh, Congressman Andrew Clyde from Georgia is going to be with us. I'm going to be talking with Representative Clyde this afternoon, but we'll share that interview with you tomorrow morning. Uh, You know, he said something very interesting last week. Uh, He said that Republican leadership had reached out to him uh, before the debt ceiling vote was held and said, listen, we know you got that uh, House resolution about the ATF's pistol brace rule. And if you want us to bring that vote or that uh, resolution to the floor of the House for a vote, well, you need to vote in favor of raising the debt ceiling. You need to vote in favor of this deal that McCarthy reached. Well, Representative Clyde was a no vote on that deal, and uh, coincidentally or not, uh, House uh, uh, Joint Resolution 44, which again is about the uh, stabilizing brace rule, has not been called up for a vote. In the House, even though it's passed out of a House committee and could be called to the floor at any time. So we're going to talk with Representative Clyde about this. I, I understand that this resolution, uh, there's basically no chance of it passing in the Senate. Joe Biden's certainly not going to sign it into law. Uh, so it may be that, you know, this is a, I don't want to call it a stunt, um, but it may be that this is more of a messaging Bill, than something uh, that that actually provide real relief to gun owners simply because of the makeup of of Congress. But I still think it's important that the House vote to condemn this new rule that, again, is turning millions of gun owners into criminals simply for maintaining possession of the stabilizing brace equipped, uh, you know, attached to their uh, pistol that they were told for more than a decade by the ATF that that was perfectly fine and lawful to do. Now they're being told, all right, you either got to destroy that brace or you got to register your pistol as a short-barreled rifle under the National Firearms Act. Otherwise, you could be looking at a federal felony charge, 10 years in prison, tens of thousands of dollars in fines. I think the House should go on the record as objecting to this, even if the resolution doesn't have a, uh, much of a chance of actually undoing the ATF rule altogether. So the fact that that vote, according to Clyde, being held up, Because GOP leadership doesn't like how he voted on the debt ceiling. I find that very problematic. And again, we're going to be talking with Representative Andrew Clyde. Uh, You can hear that conversation again on tomorrow's Bearing Arms Cam and Company. In the meantime, though, I would encourage you to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day. We're constantly updating the website with the latest Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about from all across the nation, whether it's new gun control bills in our new gun control laws, rather, in Hawaii and uh, soon Connecticut. Uh, to Armed Citizen Stories, again, we've got you covered, and we certainly do appreciate your support. In fact, if you like what you see at Bearing Arms, I'd encourage you to become a VIP member. Not only will you get exclusive content, news stories and analysis you won't find anywhere else, but you'll get that warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing that you're supporting the independent pro-Second Amendment journalism that we do at Bearing Arms each and every day. And again, for that support, I truly do thank you, because it does make a difference. All right. We'll see you back here tomorrow for 2A Tuesday until, I guess, every day's... Well, not 2A Tuesday. Today's a 2A Monday here on and Arms. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.